Welcome, welcome, welcome to your new favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit. I am your host, D. Carrie, and here we have, and by we, I mean me, sometimes an occasional guest, have more of an experiential conversation about travel. It's not just destination-based. It's more about the experience that's had and how we are impacted and changed in our regular life. So, um, I'm also on IG live. So every once in a while, I'll jump on and answer some questions as I'm going. And yes, you get the theme song. It's just that it's playing in my uh, headphones. So you just can't hear it on the screen because I'm also on the this. What is this called? You know, what I'm talking about on the computer. So welcome to another episode. I am happy to have you all with me if you're new. Um, and if you're old, and if you're someplace in between, if you've listened to a few and you decide to come back, I appreciate you. And like I appreciate you, I also think that I, hear me out, appreciated 2020. So I have, this has been quite a year, um, but I am very fortunate to say that I think I'm ending 2020 better than I started it. I um, have so much to be thankful for that I'm very grateful for. And that's been on my heart really heavy um, the past week. So that happens to be what this week's episode is about. Um, But as a little note, Keeping it short, I do have merch. You've missed the window for um, holiday cutoff at this point. But when y'all start getting those gift cards, wink, wink, feel free to uh, roll on over to travelandshippodcast.com. Click on the shop tab and buy you some merch. I added some new stuff on there. Not really intentionally. I just really wanted something to go with a pair of boots I bought. So Adage it. So go check that out if you are interested in supporting the kid and showing love to the podcast. Um, I've got a solo travel planning course that is there for free. It is a download and it gives you guys the steps that I take to plan out all of my trips, whether I am going with boyfriend, whether I'm going with homegirl, whether I'm going by myself. I use the same process so that it makes sense for me. And I know that I hit all of the points that are important to me when I'm going to a destination. So hopefully that'll be able to help some of you who um, don't necessarily have the confidence in your own skills to plan or help plan a trip that you may be going on. Um, And I've got a mailing list. I would appreciate if you signed up for that. I don't want to write a million emails, so I promise you not to send. I promise you I won't send you a million. I just want to keep you guys up to date with when there's a new episode and when there's new merch. That's basically it. Um, So that is all for the announcements. And I will jump into this week's episode. And it's, like I said, about gratitude. I um, was talking to, I'm not sure if I was talking to boyfriend or somebody else. Yes, the most recent time I brought up the um, experience, I was talking to um, my shorty and 
I was having a moment saying that I've experienced some real kindness from people in so many different places in the world. And, you know, you run across somebody that um, does something nice for you or someone that says a nice word or something or gives you good service or whatever, but you tend to remember the people that do a really standout job of making you feel welcomed or making um, you feel safe in um, a different place. And I've thankfully had a handful of experiences where I can say that that's happened. So um, 2020 has been a good year, and I can't say that I, you know, don't reflect on other good times when I think about what I have to be um, grateful for. So got my little list here and the first trip I took really set the stage. So back in January, 2017, I was supposed to go to Martinique. If you've listened to this show before, you've heard this story. Um, I had my best friend, Hey Courtney, she was at the crib braiding my hair. Courtney was, is always a friend. That, well, when I had hair, she's always a friend that I would go to love her. Cause even when I heard it with the shits last minute, uh, she would be down if she was free to braid my hair. And for those of us hair braiders, um, it takes forever. Getting some, uh, box braids is not a light undertaking, um, and she was braiding my hair up for me after a few hours. It was maybe three, four something o'clock in the morning. I get a phone call or a text message and I ignored it because I'm like, who's calling me at three o'clock in the morning. And then it registered like, no, really who's calling me at three o'clock in the morning. And it turns out that my flight I, uh, to Martinique had been canceled. Um, something had hit the plane on the ground. And so their contingency plan was to have me fly out of, um, Boston the next day, but I was in no shape or fashion going to sit on anybody's bus to get to Boston to then fly out a whole day later. I'd miss a day, excuse me, on my trip. I would, there was so many different little things that just weren't agreeable for me. So I ended up canceling the trip. Thankfully at this time I booked with, um, Expedia. So I was able to cancel it in all one spot. And I only lost one day from the hotel. I was talking to my mom about it after taking like a nap and was like, where should I go? She's on, hey, Jade. Hi, baby. How are you, my love? Um, and my mama said, I loved Bermuda. You should go to Bermuda. So to Bermuda, I went. And I fucking loved it. I had uh, sadly not really packed for the occasion because Martinique at the time in January, was I was looking at like, you know, high 80s for, you know, my weather. So I barely had any clothes in my suitcase. And when I got to Bermuda, the temperature was like, I don't know, 60s. I think the warmest day we had was like 71 degrees, maybe 72. I bet you I got in the water though. But I'd had, um, what's up Dynamic Profit? I had a great time in Bermuda. And part of that was due to Miss Joyce. So I will never forget... Yeah, it was it was rough, especially considering the um, Jade just commented, yikes for 60s. Yeah, especially since I only had shorts. So it was cute till it wasn't cute. It, 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 it was a thing. But um, I decided that, and also it being January, 
everything was out of season. So all of the, you know, what do you call the the, the jet skis and the different tours and operas, uh, just like the stuff that you would. Ma, tell daddy I'm recording, please. Thank you. <laughs> the stuff that you would get to, you know, do in a tropical island and, you know, really get to enjoy was out of season. So nothing was open for me to um, book through any of the different apps that I uh, figured I would use. But what I did do was I decided to uh, piece together a couple of the locations on different Black History tours that I wanted to go on. And I just found where they were on a map and mapped it as if I were, you know, in the States. It's, you know, an English-speaking country, so thankfully it wasn't rocket science. And I took the initiative to get in contact with the hotel. I don't want to say concierge, but I guess you could say guest services or activity services. I don't exactly know or remember what her precise title was, but Miss Joyce was the woman that you go to talk to when you needed help booking things to do around the hotel or not just the hotel, but around the island. And I didn't know until like uh, midway, what's up tone? till like midway through the fucking trip that it was an all-inclusive resort as well. And I, you know, thank the, what's his name? I don't remember. I had a bartender who was just like, should I put this on your room? And I was like, no, I'm going to just pay for it. And he was like, oh, well, because, you know, most people put it on their room because, it's you know, they're doing the all-inclusive option. I was like, oh, I didn't know that was an option. He said, hold your drink. I'm going to get the manager. Manager came over, we talked for a little bit, asked what you do at home, yada, 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 chopped the shit. And he was just like, don't worry about it. You just made the cutoff. You're supposed to have three days uh, for us to give you the all-inclusive. This was like my third to last day. So after the day that I was already in, if that makes sense, I only had two days left. So he said, we're going to retroactively, like, all the shit that you already ordered, you're covered, you're good. And you're good for the rest of your stay on the hotel. So that was the first step. The uh, bartender absolutely looked out and got the manager on board to make sure that I didn't have to pay for any more of my food or drink while I was on the resort. And what I did was I went down to, I guess, the activities manager, we'll call her. And that's where Miss Joyce comes in. I had to piece together a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do, but I still felt like, well, she here, I ain't doing nothing. I can't necessarily just walk into the places that I, I've seen that I wanted to go that don't have, um, you know, uh, public access. So let me speak with this woman. And I explained what I wanted to do, and she ever so graciously took the time out to put together a packet for me. Like she put together a custom packet of places and things to do and see that were within the area of shit that I enjoyed doing, the things that I expressed to her that I wanted to see and do. And she also took the initiative to call the, the, I guess you could say the slave, um, history museum, I guess there's, you know, how most 
places that have um, some history of slavery will have a museum of some sorts where you can see how they um, how they lived and like the different items or artifacts that they may have used to wash clothes, to eat food, or you know, um, stylized clothes, clothing of the era, and that kind of shit. So she called that museum for me because she knew that they were going to be closing soon. And she also knew that I was going to be getting on the bus to go there. So she called, asked them to stay open for me. When I got there, she called to make sure that I'd gotten there safely. And for me, that was like the chef's kiss. She went out of her way to make sure that I, this little black girl on a foreign island for the first time in her life was safe. And I will never forget that act of kindness. And um, oddly enough, the lady that um, was, I guess, the, not proprietor, but the woman that was doing the tours um, at the museum reminded me of my grandma. And when I got back to the hotel, there was a packet left for me, um, envelope with, mad papers. She hand wrote probably 70% of the shit that she left for me. And with details of where to go, why it may be of interest. And, um, she left it in the room for me. Like she said she was. And I, that was the first time I think anyone had ever gone that far out of their way for almost nothing. Like, I hadn't been paying her in particular for any services. Like, I didn't book her for a tour. I wasn't staying at her Airbnb. Like, she was, you know, I mean, technically it was her job, but she, I, fe- I really feel like she went above and beyond and out of what um, her job, I guess, necessarily entailed. Like, she ain't have to be that thorough. She didn't have to care that much, and she didn't have to take all those extra steps to make sure that I felt safe and comfortable while I was traveling. So, Miss Joyce, if somehow, some way, some ever, this gets to you, you're the real MVP, I appreciate you. Um, and she was American. She was American. I think she um, married a Bermudian, and they moved, duh, to Bermuda. I want to say she was, like, from Baltimore or Maryland or something like that. So, she was um, absolutely someone that you could, or at least for me, I could look at and be like, oh, you would absolutely be friends with my mom. You would be like one of my aunties. Like, you you feel like home. You know what I mean? Just the, uh, the spirit and the attitude that she gave off while I was with her. Um, so that was the first time I'd left the country. And besides the resort being incredibly beautiful, and my experiences there being absolutely, um, I, I feel like that was the best way to start off such um, a new adventure, if you will. Like I'd only done state traveling. Like I'd had like a boyfriend fly me to come see him wherever, wherever the nigga I was dealing with was living. And, um, I would go see cousins. I would take road trips and go see family, um, in like Virginia or in Jersey or something like that. But for the most part, I, I, not for the most part, I had never gone anywhere other than someplace that I could fly to, or my parents could get to like, you know, like nothing, if something had happened for, to me. So that was, I, I can't say enough times how incredible that was. And I really think that that had to do with why I've been able to really, um, 
appreciate travel the way that I do because um, I had a great experience to start with. So I feel like, in all fairness, like, I, w- it, I was set up to win in this travel sphere. It just was preordained that it would be such an important part of my life and something that's very important to me. So after Bermuda, I'll jump to Qatar. So this is a fun one. I um, will end the live here, though, so that y'all have something to look forward to. So bye. Um, I got to say that Qatar was a time. So I actually went during Ramadan, and I had a the, – the, the setup was cool. So I found out that with certain airlines – now, because of everything that's going on with COVID, I cannot attest to if this is still a thing. But back in 2017, probably 18, when I did go – at the time, I was flying Qatar Airways, and they, along with, you know, a couple other airlines, have this program where if you fly into the home city of an airline, they will offer you a free tour of the, you know, the city that you land in, a layover tour. If you have a layover that is um, usually longer than, like, six or eight hours, it's beneficial to be able – it's beneficial to um, doing something outside of the airport, Right. And they also gave you the opportunity of letting you comp. Well, they comped a visa that allowed you to not just leave the airport, but to um, section off from the rest of the group that went on the tour. So they gave me a free tour of Doha, which is the capital of Qatar. They paid for my visa. And there were two different visa classes that they were giving. It's the visa just to do the tour, and then you come back to the airport, or you do the visa that allows you to stay in the city and, you know, roam freely or do as you, whatever booking and um, accommodations you put together uh, for, I want to say, maybe 96 hours max or something like that. I don't know, a couple of days at the max. I think I did two or three days. And I also was able to, did I? No, I was, you had to do it within a certain window, but they had different, not restrictions, but they suggested that you get your visa approved before you book your hotel, but you only had a certain window between booking a hotel because they gave you a credit for booking like a four or five star hotel for like $50 a night, which you don't do like that there. They, generally uh costs so much more and I ended up I think doing um I think as a state I ended up staying at like a a four-star hotel or something like that or a three-star but I ended up paying for it on my own but I think it was still only like 75 dollars a night or something like that all that being said there are some programs that are worth looking into you'd have to find out if they're still applicable or available to you with uh COVID restrictions but I lucked the fuck out on this one. So I ended up taking the tour from the airport. I ended up catching the last one of the day. And it, I knew, and the guide knew that I was not going to be returning to the airport with the rest of the, the guests that were on the tour. The tour was at night. So we 
get on the little bus and not little, it's one of them coach buses. So I get on the bus and we are, it's, you know, you can't really see everything, but you can also appreciate it for, you know, the lights, you know, when cities are lit up, they're beautiful, but I would have liked it better during the day just so I could get a feel for the area I was in. So we take a drive around, they're explaining stuff. Wah, 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 wah. I wanted to go shopping. So we get to this uh, open market. I think they call it a, a souk. And there are people breaking fast and families are eating together. And there are a whole bunch of uh, little shops and tables set up. It's mad nice. And was this around Christmas? I don't know. I feel like it may have been around the holiday. Uh, might be. No, whenever. Duh, no, Ramadan. My, not my holiday. Their holiday. I knew it was a holiday. Um. So I'm walking around all these little shops and I find one. And the first thing that I noticed is that he acknowledged me. Give me one moment, miss. I will be right with you. I just would like to finish helping the woman that I'm serving now. Probably not verbatim, but you get the point. For me, someone that has worked customer service and still has a job that entails a lot of motherfucking customer service, I'm an easy sell. If you have me... Even if you don't really mean it, if you have me think you appreciate the idea that I may spend money with you, I personally am more inclined to actually spend money with you. So that right there sold me. So as opposed to moving down or going someplace else, I stayed there and continued to look at the jewelry that I was looking at. So like he said, as soon as he was done, he finished, you know, he finished with the lady who was helping, came down, greeted me again, and, at, you know, welcomed me to come on in, see the rest of the shit that we have in the shop. Woo, 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 woo. So I'm going through all this stuff, and he's somehow able to be attentive without being creepy or being, like, overly pushy either. So he's got the, the golden, you know, uh, setup going. He's doing a great job, and then I guess – Someone from a different shop, but the same shop comes in, also greets me, asks if I'd like some water or if I'd like some tea or coffee. And so I'm like, oh, y'all give out beverages here. This is, I like this. Yes, please. I'll take some coffee. So he comes back, brings in a tray of coffee, and he starts speaking to the other shopkeeper. And I don't know what the what language they were speaking I'm assuming it's Arabic I don't know I might be lying to the people right now but he stops he starts speaking to the shopkeeper then he stops himself and he goes excuse me do you mind if I speak to him in our native language and I'm like oh you checking in with me of course you can I'm in your country but thank you so much for acknowledging that I may be uncomfortable Cell point, what, at this point it's four? And so then he comes and he's like, you know, would you like some water? Sure. Comes back, brings me a bottle of water, and at this point I'm wrapping up my purchase. And I'm explaining to the guy, you know, I actually have to meet the rest of my tour uh, group at the, the meeting point. I don't mean to rush you. You've been nothing but accommodating and so kind, but I'm kind of in a rush at this point. Because mind you, he'd gone through, they went through like this whole process of, because I'd bought, uh, I want to say some rings, some bracelets, 
like leather bracelets um, and uh, some earrings. And the rings, they put in like a little ring box, but it was shaped like a flower. So the ring box was actually like um, a yellow little rose. And then it had like a little stem at the bottom of it. It was cute. And he did like this whole show kind of dramatic reveal where he's like, hold on one second. And he dips down behind the counter and he's fidgeting around and does all this shit. And then he comes back up and he goes, a flower for you or something. It was just, it was ridiculously corny, but so cute. And that's what had the rings in it. And so he expeditiously got all my shit together after all of that. We went to another stall or whatever because they were able to take credit cards. Woo, woo, woo. And at this point, I'm like kind of nervous about time, but we're making good on time. So we wrap that up. And then I ask him, do you know what direction I'm going to go to get back like towards the parking lot? Because at this point, we gone through like a bunch of other little stores and like we walked through stores to get to other sides of stores. It was a little trek. So I got turned around. I know where the fuck I was going. So he's like, of course, don't worry. I will escort you. Like I will bring you. So my man walks me through the crowd quickly and takes me back in the direction that I need to go to get back with the tour group. So we're coming up on the, the meat spot and I'm like, where they at though? I looked down at my watch and I think I was maybe one minute or two minutes past the time that we were going to meet the tour group. So I'm like, well, you know, you always kind of got to, you always have a couple of stragglers, you know what I mean? So I would have assumed that I wouldn't have been the latest motherfucker to get back to this bitch. Apparently I was, and they weren't there. So now I'm starting to get worried. And he's just like, okay, well, let's keep walking. So we keep walking, we keep walking. And he's like, do you see anybody? Do you see anybody? And I'm like, nah, fam, I don't, I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on. Mind you, I only had my backpack. My suitcase was on the bus. Thankfully, all like my important shit, I always keep on my person. I never let my passport get, you know, separated from me unless, of course, I'm leaving it in my room. So I had all my important shit in my backpack, but the suitcase had like all my other, all my clothes. And mind you, this was the layover for my trip. This wasn't even like my end all be all trip after the not end all be all, but the short version of the, Oh, thank you. The short version of the, um, this was the short leg of the trip. This was for, um, Oh, thank you. (laughs) Huh? Oh, true, true, true. Thank you. <laughs> so the um, this was just like the short part of the trip. This wasn't going to be the, um, the what do you call it? The, the I was going to Thailand afterward. So this ended up being the um, layover. I repeated myself. Y'all be at. So we're looking for the, the, the peoples, and we can't find anybody. We're looking, and now I'm getting scared because I don't even have all of my stuff with me. So I'm like, yo, if the bus is gone, like my stuff is gone. That means I'd have to find my way back to the hotel, I mean, to the airport, and then figure out from there how old the fuck I'm going to get my my things back. So he's walking, he's walking, what about here, what about here, what about there? And I'm just like, no, I'm starting to get worried. We get to the parking lot, still don't see the group. I stop, turn, look like maybe 
a hundred yards away and I see like a group of people and then I see like a tour bus turning the corner and coming down the street going towards where that group of people is. So I'm like, yeah, I think that's them. And we kind of noticed it at the same time. My man said, hold on. He hiked up his, um, his robe, fucking clear, ran straight across the parking lot. Like he ran all the way over, got to the group, spoke to somebody, turned, did the ayo, and was like, that's them. And so now I'm running back to the bus because I wanted to get my bag. The tour guide was very, he was apologetic. He was like, oh, my fault. Like you, I thought that you were, you like you said you were staying. Like you said that you weren't coming back with us to the airport. And I'm like, yeah, but y'all got my shit. Like my suitcase is still on the, um, the bus. And I'd left my suitcase on the bus because at that point it was just like, well, I don't know what I am going to be walking into when I, you know, get off the bus. I know that, you know, cobblestone ain't exactly a fun time with a suitcase. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave my bag on the bus because, you know, a lot of people had their um, bags left on the bus and that I would just pick it up after the, after the tour and then be on my way. And uh, that almost didn't happen. When I tell you, I thanked that man so much. I was so grateful and I just felt as if I weren't, I wasn't able to really, you know, express myself the way that I would have wanted to. I didn't feel as if I was, you know, like, I don't know. I just was so grateful for him going above and beyond. Like he didn't just let his service end at our fiscal transaction. Like I didn't pay him and then, you know, thank you for your purchase go with God. You know what I mean? Like he made sure that I got to my destination, if you will, or the closest thing to a destination that, you know, he could attest to that he could, like he made sure that I got where I needed to go. And that was, again, like this was at this point, was Qatar before Thailand? Yeah, that was, so I'm trying to think. Casablanca was four before Barcelona. Okay, yeah. So this wasn't the the first time I'd gone like far from home. So yeah, it was still a stressful fucking trip. And it was night. So I didn't have that opportunity to, you know, I don't know what it is, but seeing more of what's going on around you, for me, I don't know about y'all, but for me, it just gives me I don't want to say a false sense of security, but it allows me to kind of just not feel as wild about what's going on because I feel like I can see more coming my way should should some shit pop off. But um, that being said, he did not let his service end with our financial transaction. He made sure that I was able to reunite with the group and, um, you know, feel more than um, taken care of than he had any reason to. So I absolutely, absolutely, um, appreciated him going out of his way like that for me. And I ended up, that was one of those trips where in hindsight, you kind of think like that was probably a bad, a, a really bad idea, but I ended up walking from the market 
to the hotel I was staying at. And when I tell you, I've, I went down so many like dark alleys and girl don't do it moments, but I was very determined to walk to the hotel. And additionally, like the straight shot that I was, you know, seeing on my map to take was basically a fucking highway. So there, like the sidewalk ran out. So I wasn't able to, um, Hey Chris, I wasn't able to, you know, take the straight route to the hotel. So I'm walking, walking, walking. And I'm like, Oh, fuck me. Like this is now no longer a sidewalk. It's cobblestone. So I'm dragging my suitcase over the cobblestone and I then I'm like, okay, this is becoming a bit much. Let me take one of these detours. I ended up taking a detour down into like, I guess a little city area or a, I don't know. It just was not the highway. So I took a detour into like areas where there were sidewalks and stuff like that. And I stopped in some random guy sitting like in the back of a store in an alley was I was trying to see if he spoke English or not. And I'm just like showing him where on the map I'm trying to go. And he's like, take a, ta- a taxi. And I'm like, nah, but we, it's right here. I just need to know where this street is. And he's like, take a taxi. And I'm like, mm, I hear you, but right here. And I'm just like, okay, so you're not giving me what I want. Appreciate you. And then I remember um, people that, absolutely look like tourists a whole bunch of white folks like stared me dead in my face when I asked them for help like looking like oh maybe you speak English or maybe you even speak Spanish maybe you speak some shit where I might know three fucking words they just looked at me and just was like what the fuck are you stopping to ask me any questions so you know what to those of y'all if you ever hear this fuck y'all y'all no fucking help and I hope you get a paper cut on your next tour and then end up going on an alcohol tasting and it spills on your paper cut don't know how that's going to work itself out, but that's for y'all. So I ended up going through, I don't know where the hell I cut through, but I ended up in some weird janky ass uh, like parking area. And as I'm walking again in the dark, I noticed like there's a car driving behind me. And it got to that point, like when you're watching a movie and you're like, girl, this is the point where you either like fight or flight. It was kind of feeling like, all right, is this person following me or am I in the way? You're far enough away that I'm absolutely not in your way, but what are you trying to do? Like, am I overthinking this or is this really the moment when some shit might actually go left, right? So at that moment when it started really getting, like I was starting to panic, I realized that's my hotel right in front of me. So I climbed over like the little, it was like a little barricade or some shit. I carried my happy ass right on over and walked across the street to the hotel. And that just right when I started really getting scared, like this was a bad idea. I should have taken a fucking taxi. It all ended up working itself out. But shout out to that shopkeeper who really went way above and beyond and made sure that I was taken and I was absolutely taken care of. And to um, tie up the list, I would say I was really, really blown away by three of my Airbnb hosts in particular. I have so much gratitude for the appreciation that they showed me for booking with them. And I felt the extra little touches that they added to their service. And of highest note would be uh, my host in 
Norway. I stayed in Tromsø. I was there for maybe three days, two nights. And they, I got there, I want to say Saturday night. My host picked me up from the airport because in the message that we had sent each other, she was telling me, you know, our buses don't really run. I will pick you up. She picked me up and she was just like, she looked like such a fancy society woman. Like she had like this really cute, like uh, long black coat, with like the fur around it. And she drove like this really cute little Volvo or some shit like that. And then she was saying, you know, I know it's really late. Would you like to go to the grocery store? Because they'll all be closed tomorrow. So that was like nice little touch too. Like not only are you picking me up from the airport for no charge, you're telling me, Hey girl, so everything shut down tomorrow. You might want to grab something to eat now. She drove me there. She was like, be careful. I'm here. Take your time. If you need me, let me know. Went inside. You would think that supermarkets would be easy to navigate because you look at a food and you know it or you don't, right? I, don't re- I didn't realize until that moment how heavily I absolutely do rely on labels and packaging. Um, as much as you can look at what something is in a picture, I don't always trust what that picture is or you realize how ambiguous some of the pictures are. Um, and I'm trying to read it, but uh, I don't speak. What do they speak in Norway? Dutch or some shit? I don't, I don't even know what they fucking speak in Nor- uh, Norway. But whatever the fuck it is I'm, re- I'm looking at on the package, I don't understand it. So it was like, uh, all right. Thankfully, Google Translate has this option where if you um, – hold the your phone to the label it'll translate like pictures so any words that it picks up it'll translate the words on there for you so I used that for a couple of things and I um you know was able to get like some soup or like I don't know snacky shit shit that I couldn't really fuck up if I tried to you know so she brought me back to um the apartment it's a she had a house and then like the basement she had it turned into like a beautiful fucking apartment. So she brought me back. I lost my phone. I, and by lost, I mean, it fell out in the car, but at the time I didn't know where the fuck it was. So I'm like, I think it may have fallen out in the car. It's not with me. She said, well, let me just settle in here. I'll go back in two minutes and just, I'll check for you. Thankfully she went out, she found it not an issue. She came back and she was saying, well, I'm going to, you know, cook. Would you like to join me for dinner? Well, I'll be damned. Yes, please. She's like, well, I'm going to make some pizza. I thought that she was going to pull out some King Elio's or DiGiorno's or whatever frozen pizza. You know, we here in the States like to call pizza. Some of it's good, though. Let's not front. Um, Homegirl took out dough. Like, I think I went back upstairs for something. And she had dough, an actual roll of salami, uh, she was making pizza. So I'm like, Whoa, look at you. So she made the pizza. Uh, she, well, she called me when it was ready. She had wine and we sat and we talked. I'd never had like an, a conversation with my host before. I don't think. And it was outside of there being an actual like tour or something that I was paying them for. So old girl just sat and talked for me for shits and giggles. And she was such an interesting person. She was 
so kind. She gave me, you know, information about the area. We talked about life. We talked about families. We talked about so many things. And I will never forget how she just felt like um, an extended family member. Like it kind of felt like when I went to um, Seattle. One of my best friends, Alicia, her brother, Robbie, was in medical school in Seattle. So I was in Seattle, and she's like, Robbie's there, call him. And I'm just like, yeah, girl, but you're my friend, not Rob. Like, he's older than us. He doesn't want to hang out with his sisters, you know, his little sister's friends. And she's like, call Robbie. So I'm like, girl, (laughs) call Robbie. Fine. Call Rob. We had a kick-ass fucking time. We had so much fun. And it was just one of those things where I didn't expect you to care enough to want to hang out. Same with my host here in uh, Tromsa. She went above and beyond to make sure that I was safe, that I was comfortable, and that I would be accommodated outside of what um, her immediate concerns should have been for all intents and purposes. It's not her business whether or not I eat. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really her problem. That's something that you assume that your guest works out for them. If you want to be nice, you kind of just leave them a list of numbers that they can call or you just let them know, hey, this is not going to be available. Let me know if something comes up or you let them do a lot more of the logistics of figuring themselves out in a new place. She didn't leave me to do that on my own. And I absolutely appreciated that because she went out of her way to not just make sure that I was good, but to welcome me into her home and really make me feel comfortable and welcome there. And um, that did not go unfelt or unappreciated. So Tone was one of the absolute best, absolute best um, hosts that I had for an Airbnb. I had another really good one in Casablanca. She was notable because she was so patient and kind. Not only went, did she pick me up? I don't think she picked me up, but I do know she told me, come in, settle down. I'm going to make you breakfast. She made these bomb ass like pancake, Moroccan pancakes or some shit. I don't know. But the food was good. Fresh jams and stuff. She was like, eat breakfast, wash up, rest, whatever you want to do. We'll go out and head into town at X, Y, and Z time. So she let me decompress. She left me the fuck alone. She let me get myself together, met up at the agreed upon time, and we walked for hours. We basically hung out, walked around the city. She was an incredible tour guide. And I just remember her being like a really good tour guide. And I just really appreciated that extra touch of doing the breakfast. Um, Beautiful home, very knowledgeable. And um, she was cool. She wasn't like, you know, she wasn't a tone. I didn't feel like she was extended family or nothing, but we had a good time and she was a good host. And I would end off that section with, I ha- I don't remember their name, but I stayed in, um, I looked it up a couple of days ago. I want to say it's La Habana. And then I stayed in Havana, not an old Havana, but like just Havana in general. I think I stayed uh, maybe maybe a mile, a mile and a half outside of Old Havana because I know I walked into the the heart of the city when I was staying in um, the little apartment that I was in. But what was cute about that one was it was owned by a couple and they came every day for housekeeping. So they would come clean the apartment and cook breakfast. 
And they were the cutest. They were so kind. They always, you know, what time would you like us to come for breakfast tomorrow? And whatever time I said, that's the time they showed up. They made my breakfast. They would ask, you know, is everything okay to your liking? What do you want? Yada, yada, yada. They would cook. And then they would go have their coffee outside on the little patio and they would leave me to eat my breakfast and then leave me to go, you know, do what it was I wanted to do. But I remember having such a cute little welcoming conversation with them. They were so kind. And um, I just remember them being like this cute little old couple that, you know, you could kind of say, oh, that looks like some cute shit to do. You know what I mean? Maybe one day my parents buy some property overseas someplace or whatever and they host people. I don't even know if I'd really want to let them do that kind of thing. Let them do that. Right. You hear me, ma, right? Girl, have fun. But all that being said, they, I just really remember them being like really, really sweet and kind. And, uh, I noted that I had two honorable mentions on my gratitude list. And the first one goes to my host in China. Oh, girl ain't speak. Not a damn word of English, not a lick not a none of it. And, uh, she was very, let me start, let me preface it by this. I had no, Hmm. So China was not necessarily someplace that was high on my list of places to visit, but it wasn't absolutely someplace that I wanted to go. I would have preferred to visit, um, I want to say, I think it was Beijing. I know there was um, a couple of layover options that presented themselves, but I missed the one that I really would have wanted to do so that I can visit uh, Great Wall of China. But I ended up doing uh, a Shanghai layover, and that's another one of those layovers that afford you the opportunity to um, not pay for your visa if you stay within a certain space of the territories or whatever, the uh, what are they, municipalities or provinces I don't know what they're called in particular but if you stay within I guess like those city lines or whatever you don't have to pay for um, a visa you can just you know land have a good time so did that and my host uh, did a really good job of making sure that she met me down um, where the taxi left me off she escorted me into the hotel and we had every lick of the conversation on google translate um she had a guest that was still in the room, so I couldn't even, you know, go straight to sleep when I got there. I had to, I think I arrived at like 6 a.m. or something like that, maybe, maybe 8. I don't know. It was really early. It was really early before normal checkout times, but her previous guest was going to be out, and so she just like sat on the couch with me. And while we were sitting there, like I was trying to explain to her that I needed a taxi to go to the part in the city where I was meeting um, Mickey. She actually was a guest on the show. I want to say it's episode, it's between episode 30 something and 40 something if you're interested. But uh, I think it's called China Has Minorities, uh, something like that. But um, I needed to get to the city so that I can get to that tour that I would be doing with Mickey. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how the fuck I was going to, this is probably one of the ones that I just go with God. You show up and you figure, oh, figure it out or ask for help. Thankfully, I didn't have to ask for that much help because my host 
um, listened, if you will, did the air quotes. She got the message that I was trying to get to the destination and that I'd appreciate her doing the translating for me. So she really came through in a clutch and she made sure to uh, make the, to let the driver know that when he drops me back, like that he would need to pick me up again. This way I didn't have to navigate a um, taxi to get back to her place because it's one thing to have say um, Mickey get a taxi for me once we're in the city, but you know, she could have then told him where I was going and then I hoped for the best, but then I would have had to try to contact the host and all that other kind of shit. So it worked out perfectly that my host arranged for the taxi to bring me to the city and to pick me back up. And when he picked me back up, he was going to wait for me so I can pick up my bag and then go right back to the airport because that was it. There was like, that was my layover. It was, um, it was cute. I got done what I wanted to get done. Old girl really looked out for me and she made it so that I didn't have to stress outside of, you know, being able to get from that taxi to um, meet up with Mickey. That was a little stressful because, but thankfully Mickey speaks English. So I was able to call her and have her speak to the taxi driver and, you know, find my way to where she was. But yeah, um, <clears throat> that tour guide, not tour guide, that host, I, I appreciate her doing that because I can't really say that I had high expectations of how that was going to work, but it worked out because she took the extra step to actively like follow through and what it is I was asking her to do. And um, my other honorable mention I have listed is the couple in Guadalupe, Ben and his wife, her name is really escaping me right now. Katya. Um, they were such warm hosts. It took me a while to warm up to Katya. And I think it was just because she was a little more quiet than Ben. Cause Ben's American. I think he's from like uh Northeast someplace. And Katya, I want to say is uh Russian. And uh, Ben did most of the talking, the beginning half of the trek, but we got to the beach and Ben went out to surf and I really got time to just really sit and talk with Kat. And we had such a great conversation. And I, I promise you, I really feel like I left with friends when I left there. And what I really appreciate um, the most was I got a free ass, uh, what do you call it? Not swim lesson, um, surfing lesson. That's when I went surfing for the first time and I opted out of booking for uh, booking in addition to the tour that I booked with them. I opted out of paying for surf lessons because I kind of felt like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll save that for another destination. Like, let's not overdo it. Let's just, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, it doesn't. And they, you know, instead of just surfing and enjoying the beach on their own and just kind of leaving me to just, you know, lay out and doodle on my phone or tinker around and read a book or some shit like that. They hung out with me and we, you know, they took the time to get really great footage 
and we talked and they gave me the best little surf lesson. Like they made it make sense for me. And I had such an incredible time. They ended up bringing me to like the grocery store afterward, helping me navigate a lot of the produce that I didn't really understand. Cause that's the first trip that I really decided that I wanted to do more cooking on. And it was mostly because I didn't like the food that was the closest to me that I could walk to. And for some reason, I just really didn't feel like navigating around the island. Oh, because I didn't have, um, I didn't have Wi-Fi, or my service was real janky. Like I just didn't. Oh, I remember, I changed my uh, cell service, and I my data or roaming or some shit. Girl, I was not paying that bill, so I just opted to just uh, work off of Wi-Fi. So. They ended up bringing me to the uh, grocery store, really helping me navigate through different aisles and telling me, yo, this shit right here is mad good. Get this. This is easy to make with this. If you put this together, this will be a really good, oh, yeah, try these sausages. They're this and that and blah, blah, blah. So we really, they really, really looked out for me also, making sure that I, you know, had the help that I needed outside of them just being my tour guide. So I appreciated that as well. So, I got to say that that little, the time that I spent reflecting on the different people, interactions, and experiences that I'd had over the past um, three, almost four years, now, mostly four years now um, of traveling has, it felt good. It felt good. I know we're not at the... um, you know, the absolute last episode of the year and or anything like that. But for as tumultuous as 2020 has been, for as much as it has taken from us, I personally feel that it has given me a lot. And I hope that this episode was just a little bit lighter than whatever it is you may be grappling with at the moment. And I hope that it's given you a green light to just kind of think about some of the things that may not be as immediate to you right now, but things that you may have experienced in your own, you know, past travels that have given you something to not just, you know, think back on and smile over, but some things to really just be grateful for. Um, I feel that one of those things that um, kind of, I guess checks me like a personal self check that I often um, sit with is just grateful people get more. And I truly believe that happy people don't hurt people. And so I personally do myself, do my best to vibrate at a level that I want to be at. Like when I'm in a bad mood, I just lie and tell myself that I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And as trash and as dumb as it sounds, I promise you, if you just, vibrate or just put yourself mentally in the space that you want to be you'll get there faster than if you didn't it doesn't always work quickly I ain't no you know I'm not sitting here telling you that if you think you're you know in a good situation your bad situation will disappear but I can tell you that when it comes to just the mental games and the mental gymnastics a lot of times that we kind of put ourselves through a lot of it if you just take yourself out of the moment of what isn't working and try to really focus on when you can, the things that are going well and the things that you are grateful for, 
I find that I'm able to dwell in that space a lot more um, comfortably than I was previously. So for me, this episode was really um, the reminder I needed that travel is more than vacation. And although we, you know, many of us may not feel comfortable going far, many of us do feel comfortable traveling, whatever travel comfort level you're at, just remember that whether you can or you can't, travel doesn't just have to be about being someplace else, you know, destination wise, it absolutely can be so much more than that if you let it. So be grateful, be safe, and do the best that you can to keep yourself in a good mental space so that you can continue to reap the joys in life where you can. All right, guys, so head over to travelandshippodcast.com for, um, you know, if you want to watch the YouTube version of it, if you want to purchase merch, if you want to just ask me a question, if you want to uh, suggest a guest, or if you want to suggest anything on the show, shoot me an email, dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com. All the links are in the description box. I am happy to see you guys next week. And don't forget, travel is more than vacation. Bye, y'all. Oh, and I guess happy early. Will it be Christmas when you guys hear this? I don't know. I think I got another. I think we got time. It's only the 15th. Yeah, it ain't going to be time. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you motherfuckers Merry Christmas next time. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye, YouTube.